Thanks for joining us for another inspiring message from Alive Church, Orange County. To find out more information about Alive Church, please visit alivechurchoc.org. You can also follow us on your favorite social media platform by typing in Alive Church OC. Good morning, everyone. So good to be in the house of God. Oh, Stephen, I don't know if you've read my notes, but those, uh, those songs were really... <laughs> I was like, man, that can just be my sermon right there. But um, yeah, Pastor Derek texted me this morning. They're really doing well. They've been so on the go. So today's the, the day. It's just pool time, reading a book, and relaxing. So it's so important to refresh your soul. You know, we get to, we are busy and we be doing things and we're fighting the fight, we're running the race, but it's important and we have strong spirits, but it's very, very important to take care of your soul. So it's, it's that's where your strength, your strength comes from. You know, your heart is the core part of your being. Everything of your heart flows, everything of your life flows through your heart, flows through your soul, and you need to take care of that. Amen, amen. So let's just pray. Father, I just thank you for your presence today, Holy Spirit. I thank you that you are here in our midst. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your word, that you breathe life into every word that I speak because without your life in it, it's just empty. Father, I thank you for open hearts to receive, minds to understand, hearts to receive, your eyes to see, and for ears to hear your word. I thank you for change and in equipping in our hearts, Father. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. amen. You ready for the word? Amen. So each one of us has been created uniquely for a purpose. God has given every one of us an assignment that is unique unto us. Jalisa has an assignment Ariana cannot fulfill. Dwayne has an assignment Amanda cannot fulfill. It is assignment uniquely set up for us. The Word of God says in Ephesians 2 verse 10, it says, we are God's handiwork created to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. See these good works, what God has called us to do, He set up before we were even born. Before I was even born, you knew me. You wrote a book about my days. Are you going to step up to fulfill your assignment? Are you going to embrace it? And are you going to take responsibility for it? So I believe part of, part of what Pastor Susan was talking about last week, God has called us to be kings and priests. I believe a word that God gave us in the beginning of the year was to enlarge, was to increase, was, to, to extend the, the borders of our tents. But in order for us to, to enlarge, we have to take those pegs out. A king... We are kings, has been called, one of his things is to enlarge his kingdom. But he needs to be a strong king, and he needs to surround him with strong people, because he has wars to fight, battles to conquer, territory to gain. And in doing so, you need courage. You cannot be fearful you cannot be weak. We are called to be leaders in our generation. Leaders who will stand up and govern. Leaders who will lead with godly and good wisdom. Leaders who will rise up against the culture that is bombarding us with lies, with falsehood, with deceptions. 
but it's going to take courage. See, Moses, God called him to be a leader of his generation. He was called, he called him to bring the Israelites out of Egypt, out of slavery, out of bondage, into a land of promise. See, this is what God has called us to do. To bring people out of bondage into relationship with him and into the kingdom of God and enter into the promises that God has called us, has promised us. But it takes courage. See, Moses, God raised him up for such a time as this. He had to stand up against the most powerful man, against the most powerful entity, against the most powerful kingdom, and say, this says the Lord. I bet you his knees were shaking, because mine would be. But then they finally got them out, but then Pharaoh pursued them. So the Israelites were faced, had had Pharaoh and the Egyptians behind them, and had the Red Sea in front of them. Nowhere out. Where do they go to? But God said this to Moses. He said, fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. He said they were greatly afraid, but God said, fear not. I will fight for you. Do not be dismayed. See, there are countless stories of courage in the Bible. I love it. I mean, from the beginning to the end, right? It starts with courage. It ends with courage, right? And one of the stories I'm going to read today is when Joshua had to lead the people of Israel over the Jordan River. And this is going to be my main text, and we can refer to this. In Joshua 1, verse 2 to 9, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over to the Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving you to giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread, I have given to you. Take dominion, take ground. I have given to you. Just as I promised to Moses, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Only be strong and very courageous. Being careful to do according to all the law that the Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go." See, the Hebrew word says, surely I have commanded you. See, this commandment, it's a commandment to be courageous. It wasn't a suggestion, oh, maybe you want to be courageous because you've got to fight the giants. Oh, you know what? Take my advice, you know, just, just be strong, just be courageous. You know, it might help you. You know, you may need it, so maybe just do it. It wasn't a request It was a command. See, God has commanded us to be courageous. In Revelations, it says, when it talks about the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, they go to hell, right? They will burn in the fiery furnace. But the first two words that it says in that verse, it says, but the cowardly. 
the unbelieving will be thrown into the fiery lake. God commanded us to be strong, very strong, very courageous. See, I love God. <laughs> but did you notice, God gives you the beginning. He gives you the commandment. He gives you the direction. He gives you the word of your life. He tells you things that you need to do. And then he gives you the end result. You will be prosperous. You will take ground. You will rule. You will possess. You will be successful. You will be prosperous. But you know what he leaves out? It's the middle. He leaves out the details. He doesn't tell you what's going to happen. Maybe because you'd be fearful and your knees will buckle. You know, but all he says is to obey, to arise and go. All he gives us is the promise, I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will never leave you physically and I will never forsake you, which is emotionally. I will always be with you, even like the song we sang this morning. Even though I walk through the fire, even in the darkest night, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. They, you are with me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I won't fear no evil because you are with me. That is the promise. And that's why I can enter in and step into the middle because I have the promise of God that he is with me. He will not abandon me. He will not let me fall. I can put my trust in him. In order for us to fulfill our destiny, our purpose is going to require us to have courage. What is courage? Now, don't confuse faith with courage. They work together, but they are very separate. Faith is, I have the unshakable belief that God is my creator, God is my father, Everything that I need, he will give to me. I have the promises. I stand under the confidence, the substance of things hoped for. I stand under, that is my stance. I stand under that he will protect me and he will provide for me. But courage is the spiritual characteristic it isn't the absence of fear, but it is the inner strength to move forward anyway. Regardless of the adversities, the pressure, the difficulties, I have the ability to stand, stand firm, hold on. I'm not going to retreat. I'm going to move forward. Go forward into your promised land that I've promised you. Even though you're going to face giants, stand firm. I am with you. It is in the midst of fear that the, the inner strength rises up inside of you. See, you know Jehovah Jireh. We sing about it. God, you are my provider. Jehovah Shalom, you are my peace. Jehovah Nissi, you are my banner of love. Jehovah Rapha, you are my healer. I know that. My faith is in that. But it's courage is what you need to put your faith into action. Courage is what you need to step out in faith to do what God has called you to do. See, the word of God says, faith without works is dead. So I have the faith, but it's my courage that sets it into motion. The word courage comes from the Latin word core. Meaning heart. 
It is the core, the essence of my being. Courage is the core part of my being. The Hebrew word says that for courage is omets, strong. Omets live being, having a heart strength. A courageous man, and you see it in Joel, in the Hebrew text, it says, Amit's lev, mighty hearted. Are we mighty hearted? The prophet said, where are the mighty hearted? Awake, mighty hearted men. Rise up into your assignments. Be courageous, be mighty hearted. See, when I was five, six years old, we had a community pool. We had the baby's pool, and then we had the regular pool, and then we had another pool that had three diving boards. And Tim Sr., his mom was a professional diver. She won Olympics. So I said to my mom, I said, I'm going to go dive. She said, okay, thinking the smaller one that you just dive in. Or maybe I climbed to the top of the third one where these divers do all these amazing twists and turns, right? And I thought I was just going to jump off of that diving board. And when I got to the top, they said, you're not allowed to jump off. You have to dive. I'm like, dive off this Diving board, head first. But I had a mighty heart, and I dove into that pool. I don't know how many feet you dive in, Tim, you know, but I dove into that pool. I don't know if I ever did it again, but (laughs) I had the mighty heart to do it. See, you say, well, I am not a courageous person. I'm not an adventurous person. I don't like taking risks. I don't like roller coasters. I love Rose roller coasters. My girls and I will go on every single ro- ride on the Rose roller coasters. We went to Six Flag, and a couple of years, Reagan was a few inches shorter, but she made herself, and she did all the rides. Pastor Troy was on the side. <laughs> it's like, I'm not dying today. <laughs> but you say, I'm not a courageous person. But courage is an attribute of God. Because God's not going to tell you to be courageous if he is not courageous. It's in your DNA. Courage is part of who you are because you are created in the likeness and the image of God. We have been given the spirit of courage, the spirit of boldness to be a mighty-hearted man, to be a mighty-hearted woman. What courage is not? Self-accolades, self-esteem. That's what Goliath was. He was a champion, right? They called him a champion. Do you know what a champion did? The champion went out and fought on behalf of the king. You seen uh, Troy, the movie Troy? Yes. They, he was the one they sent out to capture, to take down. It says he was like iron and bronze. His armor was 120 pounds. The spearhead of his sword was 20 pounds. He put his confidence in those things. His accolades, what he accomplished. He tried to intimidate David because that is what worked and that is how he built up his self-esteem. But courage is not a physiological state. And that's what David knew. So when he came in and he was shouting those words to David, David ran towards his adversary. He said, I come in the name of the Lord, the God of heaven and earth. How dare you defy him? His confidence wasn't in his skinny, bony little legs. He was really skinny and brawny. 
His confidence was in the God who said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Because we may have be able to have a confidence sometimes, but that confidence or that intimidation or how they say if you have to speak into, when I was doing oral exams in school, I hated it. it I, I just, oh, it was a fear-gripping experience to give an oral exam. And we had to do it for two languages every single year. How many times? I hated it. And so they said, well, when you speak into people, imagine they're naked. I never did that. But you know, expect... But then the next time you do it, that might not work. But in able to have courage, you need to know who backs you up. The mighty hearted God, the mighty hearted King. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Why are we able to be courageous? Because God's promise. Courage is the assurance, the trust that God is with you. But you're only going to receive courage when you step out. It's just like a light switch. When you walk into the, into the bathroom, the light center, in order for that light to go on, you have to step in. Else it's not going to come on. There's a story of Corrie Boom, and I actually had it further down. You know it's Corrie Boom. She and her family hid the Jews during the Holocaust. Her dad had a, had a, was a watchmaker, and they had... They, were, they had a secret thing, and they, they hid the, the Jews, and that was her assignment in life, was to protect and to guard the Jews. And she said, Papa, she's like, what if I get caught? What if I have to die? Am I going to have the courage to stand up and do what is right? Am I going to be bold? And her, her dad said, Corey, when you and I travel to Amsterdam on the train, when do I give you the ticket? And she said, well, just before I get on the plane, on the train. He said, exactly. Because God knows exactly when you need to have the courage to obey. What a powerful story. God will give you the courage to obey, but you have to step out. See, what stops us from fear, from, from being courageous, is fear. Knocking knees. The word of God says they were, their hearts were paralyzed. Their hearts failed them. In Luke 21, it says, men's hearts failing them for fear. See, I like roller coasters, and we love Six Flags. We get, we get season passes. And I go on all the rides, the, the, the land ones as well as the water ones. And there's the one that looks like a big trumpet that you go down. You're like, how many people? Six people. And then they, in the beginning, Pastor Troy is like, oh, this is calm. And then, whoo, and it shoots you up. And you, the thing is that you have to try to get to the top. I did that with Reagan recently here at uh, the Royal Rivers. And the lady said, oh, I think you were with us. And the lady said, I've never seen anybody go up so high. <laughs> but we love it. But there's one. It's a cylinder that you have to climb into in the water park. And you're in the cylinder. And the ground beneath you opens up. And it shoots you out. <laughs> that is the only ride I couldn't do. I climbed into the cylinder, and my heart was failing. <laughs> my knees were shaking. And I got out. I said, I can't do it. Just give me a minute. Just give me a minute. And I climbed in again. And he was like, you ready? I'm like, no, I'm not ready. And I got out again. <laughs> and I said, okay, let me try again. And I got in. He said, are you ready? My knees were shaking, my heart was funny. I'm like, no, I'm not ready. He's like, lady, you need to go and get on to another ride. <laughs> that was the only one that I couldn't do 
because my heart was paralyzed and my knees were shaking. <laughs> See, I've given you this before. Fear is a demonic spirit. It is a spirit. As much as you have the Holy Spirit, the mighty, mighty power of might and power, fear is a demonic spirit. It is a prophet spirit from hell sent to frighten you and give you a negative report of your future so that you will make a fear-based decision that God will not honor. See, this is exactly what happened to the Israelites the first time God wanted to bring them into the promised land. They sent Caleb and the spies to get a report of the, of the land. And they came back and, and Caleb was filled with courage and he said, we can do it. We can take over. But the people said, there are giants and we are mere locusts. They made a fear-based decision which caused them to lose their inheritance, their promised land. God sent them back into the wilderness where they roamed for 40 years. Just took a few days to really get into the promised land. But because of their fear, they miss out on their reward. They miss out on their inheritance. And God had to raise up a new generation that will not lack the hard strength and the courage to take. See, fear distorts your perspective. The spies were sent to scan, but they lost sight of who God is, where God is, and who they are in God. The fear of man causes you to compromise, causes you to step down, talk, causes you to be silenced when you're speaking out truth, when you're rising up against the culture that is, is being, uh, being chucked at us. When there's a lie and you speak the truth, you stand. But the fear of man causes you to retreat because you do not want to be mocked. You do not want to be criticized. You do not want to be rejected. You do not want to be lonely. Because when you stand up, it's a lonely road and you will lose friends. But is the fear of man more important than the fear of God? See, the fear of man undermines and weakens your faith. It removes the promises and the presence of God from the equation. Fear removes our eyes off of God. Instead of worshiping Him, instead of our raising up our hands, I love that song, raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. Fear causes you to look inward in the troubles. When the disciples were out on the boat in the fear because there was a storm, they were looking at the waves and the storm instead of at Jesus. Our focus is on the waves instead of the one who holds your heart. I had a time I missed... And it was recent, maybe last year, our, friend, our, our daughter is friends with a, a couple, um, fr a person from Iran, and they don't, they don't, they're not Muslim. They really are very secular. They don't follow anything. And, and we, we've, been, we've been in their play. We've been we friends and... I walked in and she had extreme back pain. She had done something to back and she was in agony. And when I walked into the house, I felt the presence of God. And I knew he would heal her. But then her husband came down. He's a tall guy, strong guy. And I know, she, I said, I know she will be receptive, but I don't know how he's going to react. And I retreated. I know that was a time where God wanted to show his goodness and his love towards her that would turn her heart, and I missed it. 
And now I have to go around again and ask God to open that opportunity. Maybe I won't have that opportunity with them again. Maybe somebody else will, who will be courageous. But fear distorts your perspective of who God is, where God is, and who you are in Him. See, the fear of God, we have the spirit of fear, the demonic spirit, and we have the fear of God. The word of God says in Isaiah 11, it says, And the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of, of the knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and he will delight in obeying the Lord. He will not judge by appearance nor make decisions based on hearsay. His delight will be in obeying the Lord because of the fear of the Lord that resides in him. So see, this means that God, the fear of the Lord is saying, God is my Lord. I honor him. I revere him. I obey him. I delight in obeying him. It is the posture of my heart. From this core understanding and foundation of the fear of God is that everything I do comes from that standpoint, the fear of the Lord. Courage and boldness, when I rise up in the fear of, the God, of God, it empowers me. The fear of the Lord empowers me to do what he has called me to do. See, the wrong kind of fear drives you away from the lordship of Jesus. But the right kind of fear, the fear of God, endears you to him and draws you to him. Courage requires yieldedness. It requires a heart of surrender. It requires a heart of submission. Courage is not the absence of fear. It is in the face of fear I surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. It's the posture of my heart. I stand under your Lordship. Regardless of what you say I need to do, you have my yes. You have my yes to obey. Jesus is the perfect example of this. He came into this earth, he says, for this reason I come into this earth to destroy the works of Satan. It wasn't easy because he had to die on a cross. In the garden of Gethsemane, he went to his father. His blood crying tears, so much pressure, so much anxiety, so much angst, so much fear was trying to grip him. His heart, his blood tears is an, is, is, shows you the weight of his assignments. But he said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. It was in that surrender that the next verse comes in. And the angels of God came to minister strength to him. But he first had to yield and say, not my will, your will. You have my yes, even though it is agonizing. You have my yes. And they came in and they ministered strength. Our courage to obey comes from seeing who God is, where God is, and who I am in him. I do not obey him for the outcome because sometimes it does not go the way we expect it. Right? Daniel said, regardless, Lord, if we, if we burn in the fire, we will not stand up. We will not bow down, but we will stand up for you. Esther said, even though the king may and probably most likely will kill me, I will not be silent, but will go and plea for the release of my Jewish people. 
I will stand up and I will fight for my people. The battle of Gibeah, have you read that? It's quite gruesome. It's in, uh, I think it's in Kings. And uh, it's a horrible story. See, the Benjamites, there was a Levite who went into the tribe of, Jude, of Benjamin with his wife, his concubine wife, and he went to the house. But that night, people from the tribe of Benjamin, this is God's people, <laughs> they need Jesus, <laughs> went in, raped his wife, and killed her. He was so upset, he cut her body up in 12 pieces and sent them one to each tribe, the 12 tribes. And the tribes of Israel, all the tribes came of Israel and said, what must we do? And God said, go and fight. Go and fight the Benjamins, the Benjamites. So they said, okay, we're going to go fight. I think there were 400,000 people. They went fight. The first time, the Benjamites, the tribe of Benjamin, they killed 26, 22,000 people of their people, of the tribe of Israel. And that night, they, the, they, the Israelites went running to God. And they said, God, what happened? Must we go fight again? And God said, go fight again. The second day they went, okay, this is what God said, we're going to do it, we're mighty men. They went right, and they were 18,000 of their men were killed. They went running to God that night, and they said, they were crying before God. They said, God, what must we do? Must we fight them? They are, and God said, go and fight, and you will win. And the third day, regardless of the outcome from the first and the second day, they chose to be obedient regardless of what was happening, not what they expected, and they won. The spirit of the fear of the Lord, surrendering to him, obeying him, empowers you with his courage. See, God knew even in this time there's a lot of discouragement that takes place. Our hearts are heavy, get heavy. We get tired of fighting. Elijah obeyed God. He killed 450 prophets of Baal. That's a mighty uh, victory, right, for God. 450, you killed him. God empowered him. He strengthened him. But then Jezebel and Ahab started talking. And Jezebel rose up. I heard what you said. I'm going to kill you tonight. Elijah ran into the cave. He was discouraged. He was perplexed. He was tired. The angel of God came and he fed him, but he didn't go out of the cave. The wind came, rageous wind. We had a few winds a, lot, a few weeks ago. He said, God wasn't in the wind. He didn't come out. Then God sent an earthquake who stays in a cave in an earthquake? <laughs> and I just like, I'm not going out there. I'm safe in. He didn't go. He said, God wasn't in the, it wasn't in the earthquake. But then he heard a soft, small voice of God. And he came out. And he heard, he came to God. And God gave him his next assignment. See, don't draw back because you are tired. Draw back to the point of your strength. Because it's in the presence of God that you are restored. David said, you restore my soul. It's in that soft voice. Jesus comes and he speaks life. He ministers life to you. He ministers strength to you. His words become spirit. He empowers you. But it's in the place, it's in the presence of God that the healing takes place. He says, will you come to me with your pain? Will you come to me in your, with your rejection? Will you come to me with your disappointments because things haven't worked out the way you expected it to be? Will you come to me? Will you be restored and will you be refreshed? Come back to the source of your strength. 
You've given out so much now. Retreat into my presence. That's the only place you retreat. You retreat back into the presence of God. His presence surrounds you. His presence heals you. His presence refreshes you. His presence strengthens you. Revives your mighty heart. And he empowers you for the next task. Lift your head up. Raise your hands to the king who holds you. Let him empower with his might and courage. See, we need to remember that we are fighting from the standpoint of victory. The only reason we can have courage is because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. He conquered, he defeated, he is victorious. And everything he is, he's given to us. We fight, not oh, am I going to win, but I am going to win. You know, when you stand up for what is right, you just being God's child brings adversaries, right? And I know my daughter had a lot of adversary in one school and kids were really, I mean, what she went through really breaks my heart. But people were like, people are mean. I mean, like, oh my gosh. I grew up in a girls boarding school and I never had such meanness. But in any case, so one day, this is the verse that God gave me to send to her. And she said, and he says in Isaiah 41, count on it. Everyone who had it in for you will end up out in the cold. Real losers. <laughs> this is the message Bible. Those who worked against you will end up empty-handed. Nothing to show for their lives. When you go out looking for your old adversaries, you won't find them. Not a trace of your old enemies, not even a memory. That's right. Because I, your God have a firm grip on you and I'm not letting you go. I am telling you, don't panic. I am right here to help you. What is your assignment? What is God calling you to do? Are you a father who has been assigned to be a covering for his family? Are you a father where God has called you to lead his family? Because when you retreat because of the hardness, even the culture against the coming against men today, to have the courage to stand firm, I'm not going to back down. I'm going to stand in my God-given assignment, my God-given authority to protect my family, to, to cover for my family. I'm not going to retreat. That bombardment leaves you tired. But come into and take a hold of that assignment. Are you parents? It's hard raising kids now. Now even the law passed in California that if, regardless of if there's abuse in, uh, towards a child, now a, somebody can report you and they can take your kid away from you because they see fit. But standing up for your children, it's not easy rise, raising children. They are bombarded constantly against the cultures. I just want to encourage you. Sometimes our kids don't always praise and worship Oh, lift their hands up, look spiritual. But you know how many times they've had to say, no, I'm not going to bow. I'm staying committed to the right path that God has given to me. I am, do you know how many times they had to say no that day in order, but they show up at the house of God and they show up in the youth because they might be dragging their feet, but they are coming. God once spoke to my husband. It was a difficult time, and it was, and God said, All of heaven is standing up and fighting for you. Are you a teenager that has to stand up in the midst of culture? The fear of being rejected, criticized, mocked at. But I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to retreat. I'm going to stay committed. Pastor Troy spoke about the finances. Maybe you haven't had, haven't had the courage to pay your tithes. He only had enough. He didn't have more enough to pay the tithes. But he said, I am committed. And he paid his tithes. 
And then courage to go beyond paying your tithes, giving above and beyond. So you may say, I'm not a hero. I don't have these accolades, killing 26,000 men, standing in front of Goliath. But it's those small steps, taking the courage to obey that leads you and brings you into promotion. Your courage does not affect just you. It affects the generations who are coming after you. I have a picture up here. We see that with Abram. Even though God promised him that he would increase and he would give him the bless, the, the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. He had that promise. God said, sacrifice. He said, sacrifice your son. He had the promise you will inherit. But it took the courage. God, I don't understand what you're asking me. It's contradictory to what you said. I'm going to have the courage to step out and sacrifice my son. There's a picture of uh, five men. And the first man is Kimball. He was a Sunday school teacher. And it was really hard teaching boys, right? But there was one little boy who stood out. And he knew he worked in a shoe store. And so he went down to the shoe store. He gave him the gospel. And in the midst of the shoe store, that boy gave his life to God. And that was D.L. Moody. See, D.L. Moody was, got saved. He touched two continents for God. Thousands professing Christ. But there was one man who stood up. Wilbur Chapman. Wilbur Chapman became an evangelist who preached to thousands. One day, a professional ball player had a day off and attended his meetings. Do you know who got saved? Billy Sunday. He gave up his professional sport that would make him money and give him success to obey the calling of God on his life. Billy Sunday became an evangelist, and in one of his crusades, another man was saved, Mordechai Ham. Mordechai Ham was nine years old when he received Jesus into his life. But then he was from a very, 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 very poor family. And he said, I'm not going to serve God. I'm going to become a salesman. If you like to sell things, you're most likely an evangelist. Just a little... Little in between brackets. Well, he got saved. He, he obeyed. You know that he never quit. Even though there were many attempts of, to kill his life. People hated what he was saying, but he never retreated. He never silenced. He kept on preaching the word of God. And you say, what are all these people in common? What do all these men have in common? Because of Mordechai Ham's Obedience, because of Billy Sunday, because of D.L. Moody, because of Kimball, Billy Graham was saved. It takes courage to obey. We all know Billy Graham. No man has ever touched so many people. The gospel has never reached so many people like it did through Billy Graham. It's through your obedience the courage to obey that God will empower you. There is an assignment on you. Has fear stopped you from stepping out? Has pain, disappointment, rejection, abandonment caused you to retreat? Some of you may, everybody can stand. Some of you Maybe say, God, I've, I've lost courage. I've just become weak. But I need you. I need an outpouring of, the, of your spirit. I need your presence to come and refresh me. 
Come and restore my mighty heart, my courageous heart. I want to obey the assignment that you have placed upon my life. Before I was even born, you gave me an assignment and I want to fulfill it. I don't want fear to cause me not to obey. I don't want to miss out and I don't want other people to miss out because of my disobedience. But I want to step out in courage. Just lift up your hands. Father, you are a good God and you promise that you will never leave us, you will never forsake us, you will never abandon us. You know, it starts with this. It starts with Jesus, I need you. If you do not know Jesus, courage to obey starts with asking him to come into your heart. Make him not just Savior, but make him Lord of your life. Let him come and remove the heart of fear. Say, God, I'm, I'm crippled with fear. See, coronavirus left, but the spirit of fear that people bow down to never left. And their hearts are still crippled with fear. Is your heart crippled with fear? Come to Jesus. And he will remove your heart, your old heart, and he will give you a new heart, a bold heart, a courageous heart, a mighty hearted, because he has called you to be mighty hearted man. He has called you to be a mighty hearted woman. If there's anyone, is there anyone who just says, God, I just need a fresh touch of your strength, of your anointing. Just lift up your hands and you can come forward. God, I need courage to stand and obey. I need courage to stand in the midst of my culture. I need the courage to, to proclaim the good news of God. I need courage to extend. I need courage, God. I want to be courage. I want mighty hearted men. I want to be a mighty hearted woman. I want to lead my generation in the fear of God.